0: This episode is supported by Laura LeMond's Mosaic Weighted Blankets. Here's what a verified customer had to say about the Mosaic Weighted Blankets. This weighted blanket is phenomenal. It relieves my anxiety, has helped me sleep and has eased my migraines and restless leg syndrome. If you want better sleep and less anxiety, click on the link in the description. Welcome
1: to the Gratitude Podcast on www.georginbenta.com where you'll hear a new story each week that will inspire more gratitude in your own life. Our mission is to inspire 100,000 people to discover how to feel gratitude and live a happy life through the amazing life stories of our successful guests and their actionable tips. And now, the host of our podcast, Georgian Benta.
0: Hi Gratitude Seeker, welcome to a new episode of the Gratitude Podcast. Today, we're going to speak with Daniel Thomas Hind. He's the founder of Evolution Eat, a transformational diet and lifestyle coaching company that helps overwhelmed individuals evolve their relationship with food. His coaching method is all about skill development. He says that healthy eating is a skill you practice and develop over the course of a lifetime not a goal that you accomplish in a few months and I totally agree with this from my own experience and from seeing other people and I think that this part that we are doing each and every day is very important because it has a lot to do with our health and of course if our health is great it's much easier to feel gratitude and if we have all kinds of health issues it's kind of harder to to enjoy gratitude and to enjoy living a grateful life so i'm really glad to be speaking with daniel on this topic he speaks to tens of thousands of people and um on the psychology the mindset emotions and habits around eating for in order to, to help people live a healthier and more meaningful life. So I think he's the the perfect guy to talk about this, and I'm really happy to have him here for you. Daniel, welcome to the Gratitude Podcast.
1: I am so grateful to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. So let us know a little bit about you, about your story.
1: Yeah, sure. Um so i got into this work by uh, by accident <laughs> by accident um, i grew up overweight despite what i look like now i was a uh i was a formerly fat italian kid from long island new york and i'm no longer uh i'm no longer fat i'm still italian and in my family food equals love. And, you know, there was a lot of love <laughs> in my family, if you know what I mean. And um, not to mention, I so I grew up uh, an only child in a largely empty home, not a sad situation, just both my parents worked full time. Both my parents worked a lot. And so I was left to myself a lot. And from a very young age, uh, I had to I had to provide entertainment for myself, so food became fun, food became friend, Food became a reward structure I had with myself. Um, if I did well at school, which was like a, a contract between my parents and I do well at school, get whatever you want, uh, Food then became a reward for my uh, for my strong efforts, for my intelligence, so all of a sudden food became this dependable friend that I could rely upon to make me feel good. It was a sign of love and sharing and giving and, um, and affection. And it was also a way that I rewarded myself for my hard work and a way that I had fun with myself entertainment wise. Right. So these, I, and I bring this up because these connections were made for me uh, at a very young age. And I believe, um, this translates to many of us in the Western culture where food becomes used and thought of as a reward structure or things that we look to, to make us feel something typically good, like a a way to stimulate us or to relieve pain, um, in ways that food is obviously not intended for, right? Food is intended to energize us and to stabilize us and to, uh, make us feel strong and healthy. It's not meant to, um, it's not meant to entertain, uh, but like biologically, right? It's not made to entertain. It's not made to make us feel emotionally validated, or to dispel loneliness, or to spend time with ones as a mechanism to spend time with oneself, right? So that's not its purpose. And yet, we misuse it because of the way that we culturally relate to it, and because food, um, in the way that it's packaged and processed now has been made to, it is made literally to make us addicted. So we become addicted to it at a very young age and then misapply it for all these emotional reasons. And it's no surprise then later on in life when we want to lose a bunch of weight, we have such a hard time uh, creating a diet that sustains us and following through with it because there are all these deeper emotional reasons why We're addicted to food psychologically and then emotionally why we are dependent on food. Does that make sense?
0: That makes a lot of sense. And I totally believe that our emotions have a lot to do with our eating habits, with our health. Mm. And um, I I love the the connection that you made and how open and honest you are about uh, your situation. I think it's very refreshing and very important for for our listeners as well to to see that we might have such uh relationships with food as well like um associating it with uh, all kinds of feelings and trying to um put in food instead of love or other feelings that or gratitude um that are very important for us and I I truly believe that this is very powerful and it's, I think it's the basis somehow on when it comes to actually losing weight and maintaining that, that result, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, most people don't, most people I find don't even think about the fact that they have a relationship with food at all. When I say I help people create breakthroughs in their lives around their relationship with food, they say, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> relationship with food and the fact is that it's true. We do. We have a relationship with anything that we engage with, interact with on a daily basis. It doesn't just have to be people. We have relationships with our hobby, hobbies, with our habits, with our profession, our career and with with certain things and stuffs in our lives that we depend on. So we have a relationship With food and when you think of it from that perspective you can start to see where your childhood rituals for example and your emotions are leading you to look to food for some sense of fulfillment that it was never intended for and um, and so a lot of people and so from there we can start to deconstruct what motivates people a lot of people make choices in life um, emotionally right like we have these big goals in life and then what ends up happening is that we're emotional beings and we react from moment to moment and our emotions are what's typically leading us to then make the choice because we feel something and then we act impulsively to either one, relieve pain or two, stimulate pleasure. Those are the base uh, motivations for us making choices as humans in life. And this makes sense, evolutionarily speaking, because pain was once meant that something was seriously threatening our very existence right like there's literally a lion attacking me or i'm running at top speed because i'm being chased out i'm in pain and i'm in um and i'm in like intense stress so i better do something i better act quick but now pain has no face it has no body it has no substance mostly speaking we live our lives typically in our imagination that and that voice inside of our head talks incessantly so if we start to think about our food choices as influenced by these deep seated motivations then we can come to understand that relieving pain or dressing up feelings with food isn't only a misapplication of food's role in our lives but is also directly at odds with what with you getting ultimately what you really want which is you know weight loss or sexiness or confidence or love or mastery or vitality or, or optimal health or power. Right. And, um, and, and what's more is that this modern culture wears us out so much. We have millions of things coming at us all day long from the screens to the phones. I mean, with my, I have two phones, one for personal and one for my clients from the phones. I have two computers, right? Uh, It's just more stimulation than we were designed to handle all at once. Feeling stressed out is a condition of the 21st century and you're not weak for feeling stressed. We all do. There's so much coming at us, which is another reason why abusing food is so common because it's right there. It's ubiquitous. We can get it anywhere. And it's the first thing that we think to reach for in order to relieve stress or make ourselves feel good or distract us from all this other stimulation and stuff and responsibility coming our way. So no surprise then that a lot of us become emotionally addicted to it as well as physiologically nutritionally addicted to it because it's also engineered to make us want to be addicted um which is so and i'll put a pause there because i could just keep going with all this but do you see how this is such a deeply embedded construct
0: yeah i i totally see it and i think it's very important what what you just um, touched upon the fact that our lives are how how they are and uh, just today I was recording an episode about uh, the difference between our life now and how amazing it is from many points of view. Um, I, I forgot to touch upon this part, the fact that like 100, 200 years ago, food was much more scarce than it is now. Like we have an abundance of food and uh, it's really easy to um, to grab. It's really cheap especially in the ones that uh, the kind of food that isn't as healthy as uh, it would be great uh, for it to be and um, yeah it makes a lot of sense for us to to create a different kind of relationship with food that uh, rather than the one that we are designed for um but what can what can we put inside of us like what can we do with those emotions what better choices can we make what do you do with your clients instead of using food what other options do they have
1: yeah so it's a that's a great question um so the the first thing is to recognize that if you do have if you have a relationship of food that's out of alignment with your true intentions or with the person who you want to be in the world right meaning you're eating food in a way that you don't feel empowered um, either because you feel overweight or you're unhealthy or you just feel out of control or you notice yourself snacking all day long. I mean, these are typical signs of um, being out of alignment, right? And it, it typically then manifests in like being overweight or being lethargic, being emotionally unstable, energetically unstable, etc. cetera. Um, so if you, if you see that in yourself or feel that in yourself, then our conversation is like directly for you, but it's also, it's for anybody. Um, The first thing is to understand that food is just one of many ways to get these emotional rewards that I was touching on before that you're looking for, right? So either pain relief, stress relief, novelty, excitement, relationship, connection. It's interesting to think that we look to food to relieve pain or relieve stress or to to build novelty in our lives or to create excitement or actually for relationship, for connection. But it's true. People who I work with, um, I can't tell you how many, especially, and I've actually had experiences with this myself growing up overeating, having had some episodes of binge eating, working with people who experience this from time to time. When you, uh, the way that that unfolds is you end up like staying home by yourself and just eating and eating and eating and what's at the core of that well loneliness and so what's at the core of loneliness well your relationship craving relationship and connection right and so people look use food to create that sense of connection and relationship and so if you understand that then you can see that you you don't have to you can get the same thing that you're looking for relationship connection in dozens of ways beyond Food. Food is just one of the ways to get that reward. But there are other ways, for example, like building an actual relationship in your life, developing intimacy. um, In the short term, establishing other habits that make you feel good, that relieve pain or relieve stress. So, for example, if I'm working with somebody who consistently... Um, reaches for sugar or candy throughout the day to relieve stress somebody's a lot of and this happens with a lot of my like executive clients who just have so much coming at them and they constantly find themselves eating sugar to you know to to divert their attention for a minute or just as a way to like meditate on the problem at hand because they, it, it, it offers them a way to stop and pause and like eat something it also it's energetically like a dopamine hit. Um, if that, if that, if I noticed that that's what they're, they're doing, then we can see like, okay, you're looking to relieve stress and you were looking to something as a, you're looking for something to give you a moment's pause to meditate. Well, literally then what I would start helping them do is building those habits. Um, right? Like, okay. Instituting five minute walks in the middle of their day at the top of every hour, for example, A walk to go outside to move yourself around to meditate and be with your own thoughts versus using food um baseline i would say let's let's first establish a routine of eating three consistently healthy meals most people don't actually like we know what to do but it's the simplest things that we uh exclude from following through with so most people if we look at it if they have a disempowered relationship with food they're not eating three consistent meals throughout the day. It's no surprise then that they are then led to snack throughout the day, which leads to overeating typically because snacking just uh, develops a relationship with food where you're constantly going back for more. um, Right. And more usually means the thing that's the quickest to get, which is something with carbohydrates and sugar, which makes you want even more. So I'll, peel back and just say, Hey, if we're, are we eating three nutritionally dense meals throughout the day? So, um, and the answer is typically no. So that's like baseline. The food is baseline to your success in all of this. And it also establishes, establishes a daily rhythm of showing up for yourself three times a day. Um, so that would be the baseline. What we want to do is focus on foods that have, um, that are, uh, high in, uh, so meals that are high in vegetables, nutritionally dense meals with a lot of fibrous vegetables, healthy fats, like from avocado, like from coconut oil, MCT oil, uh, olive oil, egg yolks, uh, the fats from fish or seafood or grass fed beef or meats. We want protein, we want a solid amount of protein. Most people don't eat enough protein in their diets. And protein is the most satiating macronutrient. It literally makes us feel full and our bodies have to work a little bit harder to digest them, which slows down digestion. This is a good thing. Eating more protein quite literally makes you feel full, which then promotes um, less eating, less snacking. And if you're eating more fat and more protein, you feel full longer, which again, promotes less eating, less snacking, uh, the likelihood that you 'll reach for candy all throughout the day if that 's something that you do dramatically decreases when you 're quite literally full and satisfied. Most people go around the day hungry and then snacking on sugar as a way to like to fix those temporary um, hunger pangs hunger swings. but a lot of that is just um, a lot of that is just unstable blood sugar levels so if we remove most sugar and carbohydrates from their diet eat and substitute it with fat and protein you are giving yourself a um you're you're stabilizing your blood sugar levels which helps you uh regulate your metabolism and regulate your choices in general
0: Mm -hmm. i love this i love this and um for instance for our audience that uh, aren't eating meat like vegetarians or vegans what do you recommend uh, them to eat to, to have this um, protein intake?
1: Yeah, great question. so, <clears throat> so uh, I want to just touch so I answer that in, in two parts. Um, I myself eat what, what is popularly called a paleo diet, and I've seen that work very well for a lot of my clients. It's worked well for myself. And what we teach at Evolution Eat is um, an evolutionary diet that could mean paleo that could mean vegetarian uh it could mean vegan to with some like with some exceptions the 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 truth is that my I don't care what you're eating so far as it's what you want for yourself like my goal is to help you create the diet and the lifestyle of your dreams if that's a paleo diet great if that's being a vegetarian, awesome. If that's something else entirely, perfect. The breakthrough is the creation, right? The breakthrough is you being consistent and feeling empowered by what you're up to in the world, by what you're eating versus judging yourself or being unclear or saying, should I be eating this or should I be eating that? So many of us walk throughout the day unclear if what we're doing is even healthy for ourselves and then wishing for something better or different. and. And that lack of clarity is so disempowering and often leads to making choices that aren't in alignment with what's actually important to us. So it's not important to me necessarily what sort of diet you adopt. It's that you feel great about it. You feel invigorated by it and you're actively creating that for yourself and with yourself. And from that place, we want to make sure that nutritionally you're hitting a few basic uh, elements. Uh, I call it evolution eat because I look back to what our ancient ancestors ate ate throughout evolution. Um, because our bodies and our digestive systems were designed to eat and optimize eating certain foods. Right. So certain foods that are obviously off the table, like processed sugar, a lot of unnatural foods, tons of preservatives that have you know foods that have uh, that have preservatives in them that are lo- that that sound like. Um, that sound like, like, like soap chemicals, right? Like, like that sort of Mm -hmm. stuff, uh, grain, a lot of grains, which are highly inflammatory, uh, a lot of dairy, which is highly inflammatory. So if we remove that stuff, then we have a baseline of foods that we can select from, um, for vegetarians and vegans. Yeah, no, great. What we want to make sure is that you're getting enough protein because it's easy to not and when you're eating those sort of diets, it's way easy to overeat carbohydrates. It's very easy to eat to overeat carbohydrates, which truthfully just promotes wanting to eat more carbohydrates. And more carbohydrates by and large have inflammatory properties that we want to be mindful of. So for a vegetarian, if they're open to eating eggs, uh, please have eggs. If veg- some vegetarians I know eat fish. Fish and seafood, you can't get any better than that. Um, whey protein or other protein powders, if you mix in your smoothies, fantastic. You could have pea protein uh, is great for, veg- for vegans and or vegetarians. You just want to make sure that you're getting enough, uh, enough protein um and fat. And so if you're e- if you're eating healthy fat, so like for a vegan for example, a lot of vegans I know do a lot of shakes and smoothies, perfect. Add some MCT oil in it or coconut oil. MCT oil is just distilled coconut oil. It's tasteless and you can put it in any sort of smoothie. You want to make sure that you're getting enough fat so that you are satiating yourself so that you're not led to naturally reach for the easy thing which is something carb or sugar heavy, right? Um, so so adding mct oil to your shakes adding some pea protein to your shakes or there's there are so many other proteins there's so many pr- protein derivatives out there now that are made put into blends that you can um, that you can put into your smoothies to really make sure that you're having as much of that as possible vegetarians have an e- way easier time at finding protein for vegans it is tougher
0: mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense yeah we we are fortunate like this, that we have so many choices, even, even as vegetarians or as vegans. Uh, I'm sure that like 100 years ago or so, there weren't too many options for, for people that chose not to eat meat. So yeah. um, about what we eat, like the thir- the, the three uh, meals a day that we, we should eat uh, from what I know, for instance, is quite important to have a good meal in the morning, high on protein and, and uh, maybe even on fats. Uh, what's your take on this?
1: Uh, I so I agree. Uh, I, I agree with that. Okay, actually, I'll answer on two pa- two phases. It's actually not important. <laughs> it's important for who you are and where you are along the process. So I talk about this entire process of healthy eating as a skill that you develop and if you think of it like that if you think of healthy eating like the process of learning how to play the piano for example which sounds like a ridiculous metaphor but hear me out um, most people if they're novices at something if they're a novice at wanting to play the piano then they want to be able to play Mozart on day one but then find out that they can't play Mozart on day one and then get pissed off and then reject practice altogether and then quit playing the piano, right? Mm-hmm. And have you ever experienced something like that where you're a novice at something, you can't, you can't do it or live up to your own expectation of how you want to do it and then you get mad or frustrated and then quit? Has that ever happened to you? It's happened to me before. Yeah,
0: definitely. <laughs> yeah.
1: So people approach their diets like that. And they read something on the internet and they see some jacked guy or, you know, totally beautiful model uh, female and they say, wow, what are they doing? And then they read something like, like intermittent fasting and fasting all day long is the healthiest thing for you. And honestly, that is very true. But where are you along the growth curve? Are you a novice or are you already an expert? Right. So. Most people um, are starting at this at at generally being novices. And I'm here to teach the general population to how to build a lifestyle that they can rely upon for the rest of their lives, a routine of consistency that you can rely upon for the rest of your life. So most people, when they have a disempowered relationship with food, they're not eating healthy foods throughout the day and they're eating far too many carbohydrates and sugar just talking about the nutrition they're also then using food misapplying food to to achieve an emotional payoff that we talked about in the first half of this podcast Um, so with that in mind the goal at the novice level is to establish the rhythm of eating of eating and choosing healthily throughout the day that's it if you're eating enough of the good stuff then you're getting it by and large mostly right. So instead of focusing on what we shouldn't do or what we should remove or this and that, we should only focus on eating enough of the good stuff. So literally starting the day on your terms. If you're starting the day eating a healthy breakfast, then you're one third of the way there, right? You're already one third of the way there. And when you eat, uh, and so my goal as, as a coach is to help you jumpstart your metabolism, repair your gut. Start nourishing your hormones by eating lots of healthy fats and vegetables and proteins. And um, to also address this pattern that people I typically work with have throughout the day where they're constantly reaching for sugar or carbohydrates to, to, for food. So we address that constant um, low blood sugar pattern. That's, that, that's, that's, um, that's what happens when you rely on sugar. You Your blood sugar levels dip all long. So you constantly reach for sugar to stabilize those blood sugar levels, which then helps you feel more energized and stabilizes your mood. So I want to address that at the beginning of the day by adding protein, which makes you feel full, stabilize your blood sugar levels and fat, healthy fat that starts nourishing your hormones and also makes you feel good. And over time, this establishes a stomach mind awareness whereby you can start to experience yourself actually feeling full and satisfied as opposed to constantly coming from a place of hunger and low blood sugar. Also, what I want to establish is this idea that being healthy is about eating healthy food, not depriving yourself or restricting yourself, which is how most people relate to the process of going on a diet. You know, they say, oh, I got to mm-hmm. lose weight. I got to go on a diet. That means I've got to cut out everything, and I've got to starve myself to lose weight, and I've got to exercise And That generally inspires a lot of misery, right? Like that's that doesn't sound like a skill or practice that I want to go for, for, uh, that I want to practice for a very long time, does it? No, Mm -hmm. it sounds terrible. So why would I ever want to create a life in which I'm relying on that day in and day out? The answer is I don't and I won't. So I, (laughs) which is again why nobody follows through with their diets because they approach it from this perspective of this is going to be a sacrifice and my life is going to. This is going to be an energy suck, not something that I'm doing for myself that's going to actually make me feel good. So when we start eating a healthy breakfast at the beginning of the day, it also establishes that healthy and nourishing relationship with food, whereby you can feed yourself good, healthy, nutritionally dense foods that make you feel good and still be healthy. Just a total paradigm shift, you know?
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And I've seen it in my own in my own life like when I give myself the time to eat in the morning and to eat something that uh, is nutritious and uh, protein and it's really easier for me to to be in better states and uh, here at the gratitude podcast this is what we are after to we are after um, feeling grateful and enjoying life and appreciating life and uh, in my experience, when we're undernourished, or uh, even when we eat too much, or when we eat the bad things that are that aren't good for us, like it's really hard to reach for that grateful feeling and for having an, an appreciation of life in general.
1: Yeah, that's. Um, I mean, that's what it's all about, right? Loving who you are in each and every moment, which is what inspires gratitude. And it's, it's really sad for me to see when my clients or readers, you know, tell me about how, just how frustrated they are with everything that's going on and how they're just using food as a way to like get by and emotionally regulate themselves and this and that. And, it takes you away from, you know, the greater, from, from this, the, the, the greatness that is this entire human experience. Right? When you're focused on all that makes you miserable or all that keeps you down or like using anything, any sort of substance or, um, or habit to like just get by the sort of language of getting by that's really sad. It keeps you playing. It keeps you thinking and being small as in contained and confined within this very little box, um, which keeps you away from being grateful for what this even is. And, um, and so that's why I always come back to this idea that I'm helping. Uh, my goal is to help anybody create a relationship with food and a diet that's um, that's in alignment with their fullest expression of who they are in this world it's a freeing it's an opening up process so as to be opened up to you know to gratitude and to all that this life really is
0: wonderful wonderful so um there are certain foods uh, that make you feel bloated or that make you feel uh, like you just don't feel good after them or certain combinations what are those things that we should stay away from like different combinations or um, things that you've seen with your clients that were repeating uh, themselves quite a lot and what are the things that we should stay away from uh, so that we won't go through this because in my own experience I've seen that um, if I make combinations that are not good for me and when I feel that my, uh, my stomach is either uh like i've eaten too much or a bad combination and it hurts one way or another like it's it takes all of my attention or at least a lot of my attention and i can't focus on the joys the joys that i'm enjoying uh, in my life the things that are going great and the blessings that i have in my life
1: yeah it's a that's uh, a great question so typically anything with a lot of carbohydrates (laughs) is something that we're looking to be mindful of. So, uh, and the baseline, if we just think about this philosophically for a second, if you look at nature, there aren't many foods that are, um, that are naturally high in like very high in carbohydrates and sugars besides fruits and some starchy tubers, which, you know, uh, compared to the rest of food isn't, uh, isn't the majority. And so what we also find is that, uh, grain, any sort of grain based, uh, product isn't found in nature. It's, um, it's uh, what it isn't found. It isn't naturally occurring in nature but is actually the product of agriculture. And that's a whole topic that we can get into for a long time. But for the sake of simplicity, anything that has grain or dairy in it, because these foods are highly inflammatory um, and can are highly inflammatory, which creates a lot of disruption within your gut biome. And also just makes you feel generally not so, not so hot, generally yuck. Um, Also, they are high in in sugar, grain especially. Any processed foods that have a lot of sugar in it, this just spikes your blood sugar levels, which makes you feel a high for about 30 minutes after after you eat, but then makes you feel terribly low afterwards after your blood sugar levels have dipped. These sort of foods also promote overeating because when your blood sugar levels dip that low, you want your body naturally wants to regulate itself. So in order to do that, you reach for more sugar to peak your blood sugar levels again. And this is just a, this is a biological uh, um, baseline uh, uh, beginning of, of, of an addiction of an addiction. When your body's trying to regulate itself going up and down, up and down, up and down, and you're reaching for something in order to do that, a substance to make that happen. So just substitute food or with something else and we're having a different conversation like a like like a like a drug addiction problem or an alcohol addiction problem but we're just talking about food here so anything high in sugar would be the first place to start and it's not just it's what the what i hoped to convey before is that it's not just saying to myself okay i'm going to remove all this sugar and gluten and dairy because if you look throughout your day and that you're typically eating those those things all throughout your day it's going to be really hard to follow through with just removing things so that's why i say let's instead focus on eating enough of the good stuff focusing on making sure you're eating a lot of healthy food items which naturally will reduce the amount of carbohydrates and sugars and grains and etc but from a different perspective does that make sense
0: yeah it makes a lot of sense and Focusing on
1: what we have versus, versus taking away. It's really hard. It's very simple as a baseline measure to say, okay, I am eating like a whole meal of fibrous vegetables and proteins and fats. I can, I'm choosing these things. It's, it's, it's easy to measure that and to practice that it's harder to practice not doing something. It's actually not a practice of not doing something there's no habit to form there. And so you're not learning anything new. Instead, we're learning to give ourselves the healthy option. And then you can practice that. And you can look to see just from a from an accountability point, like, Oh, am I doing that? Yes, great. And by naturally doing that, you're removing the carbohydrates, but you're coming at it from a different angle.
0: Yeah, perfect. It makes a lot of sense. Like, really, um, it puts the the, the puzzle together. So, um, I wanted to ask you if you uh if you have like i'm sure that there is no standard uh uh recipe let's say but um if you could find a way to to or give us an example of what how would the day look like uh let's say at i don't know eight a m uh breakfast containing this at twelve uh lunch. Sure.
1: Yeah, I'll go through a typical day. Yeah, so um, I'll speak to somebody who like from the general public, and if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, uh, you know, see, 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 hear the bigger picture of what like the sort of foods and the macronutrients that we're focusing on. Not this, not not the choices themselves, but if I was just talking to a normal, uh, to somebody who had who had a normal diet and normal preferences without any sort of uh, uh, variations to, uh, without any sort of variations, then I would say, uh, what's simple and effective, simple and effective and tastes good too. Simple, effective, makes you feel good. Food doesn't have to be a party, but there's a way that you can enjoy it as well. So, uh, eggs and avocado for breakfast eggs or like an omelet and avocado for breakfast. Um, is a great baseline. And then from that place, if you want to add a little uh, a little turkey, a little you know uh, smoked salmon, depending on how much time you have, you know you can add anything else but eggs and or omelette and avocado for breakfast with a little uh, with a little greens into the avocado. Beautiful. That's like a great way to start the day. You're getting protein. You're getting fat, you're getting some greens. Amazing. For lunch, I call it just get a have a big ass salad, so anybody in the world can eat a huge salad, at, no matter what diet you have, and you don't have to fear a salad. You should see how you should see my salads. They are awesome and they are loaded with tasty stuff. So for me, um, I have a big ass salad where I put uh, salmon in it. Um, I put hard boiled eggs in it. I put avocado in it. Uh, olive oil, balsamic vinegar, uh, uh, carrots. If you like tomatoes, put some tomatoes. Any other vegetables that you like, um, and uh, even a little uh, mustard or honey mustard if you like that to mix it around. If you do like fruit, you could put some. You know, you could put some uh, some dried candy, some dried candy, some dried fruit in it, some nuts. You know, really make it count. Mix it around. Mix that sort of thing around with the dressing inside, and you can't tell me that it doesn't taste good. If for somebody and for somebody who has a real, um, <laughs> who's never eaten salad before, you if you want to add some bacon in that, go for it. Like whatever makes it worth it to you, is sound appealing. Try it. Over time, you will enjoy it. I've never worked with anybody who didn't. Uh, most people just like relate to uh, to to the projections that they've had of things since they were kids and they told themselves that they didn't like something as a kid and then they never tested that assumption. So, mm-hmm. um, so, so, a, so, so a big salad for lunch. Um, if you find yourself, if you find yourself unable to make it to dinner without feeling very hungry, then a healthy meal for a, a healthy snack in the middle of the day is totally cool. You know, something that I would say is portable, uh, and very easy to put together cause most people are at work then or traveling to or from meetings or this for that. So in that instance, um, you know, some, some almonds or walnuts, some sort of, some sort of, uh, nut, which has fat in it, which will make you feel full, a little protein. So if you are sitting down somewhere, a Greek yogurt would be amazing, right? If you're at an office and you can store something or at home and you can store something, it has protein. Um, The probiotics are very healthy for you and for your digestion. Um, There's a truck that's going outside my apartment right now. So I apologize if any noise fed in feed here. Um, So something like that, Greek yogurt, nuts. Um, There are healthier protein bars now like Quest bars that are easy to carry around and aren't like the optimal food, but are good and are way better than you overeating candy, for example, which is, or like chocolate, which is what a lot of people do in the middle of the day. Um, Mm -hmm. So something like that for dinner, any sort of uh, really great protein paired with vegetables and perhaps a natural starch, like, like a sweet potato, depending on how often you're exercising. So, you know, depending on who you are, that could be fed, meat, that could be fish, that could be eggs. If you didn't have eggs for breakfast or you love to eat a lot of eggs, that could be, you know, for a vegan that I suppose that would be tofu. Um, I do, I do take issue with soy based products and that's, that's my thing. Um, but if that's, you know, if that's your preference, then so far as you're being consistent with that, eating that is way healthier than eating, um, then eating a bunch of bread for example, so uh whatever that is for you and, and a lot of st- any sort of vegetable with that so you, with with protein vegetable and fat the way in which you prepare you could have a ton of different meals you could have a you could have a grilled you could have it in a stew you could have it in a soup, you could have it in a curry right and from that place you have infinite variations uh it just depends on what you're looking for
0: awesome this this sounds really good and i i am totally with you on uh, on the salads like i i think you can go wild like you can do all kinds of combinations and uh yeah m- according to me <laughs> my salads are great as well so <laughs> i i totally think that you can make something really good uh cool. in, in that way so um we are nearing the end of our time together and i wanted to ask you uh, where can our audience find you? Where can our audience see your work and what you're up to right now?
1: Cool. Yeah. So uh, my company is called Evolution Eats, uh, E-A-T, singular, Evolution Eats. You can find us at evolutioneats.com. You can check us out on our Instagram, which is in right now. I've got support that's helping me really make that page amazing. Um, i we're building out the team this year. So up until 2018, it was just me by and large, um, yeah, into the, into the middle of 2017, it was just me by and large. And then we started to add on team members and more coaches. And I'm just incredibly excited about what we're up to and the growth of our, of our business as a, and as an, as a, uh, as our company. Um, So evolutioneat.com, I would definitely encourage you to sign up to the mailing list. You get, I give you so much free stuff. The first being this ebook, this 35 page ebook that I put together, which is my entire approach, my entire philosophy, um, on the page in the word, uh, in word form and, Uh, I literally walk you through the entire process that I use to coach uh, a client. So I really encourage you to download that by simply signing up for the email list, which is very easy and obvious to do once you're on evolutioneat.com. We are the best coaching company in the world as far as your nutrition and diet is concerned because we're not just looking at the diet alone, as I hope is clear from this podcast, we go way deeper. We look at all the other things that are showing up in your life and why um, why you might have a disempowered relationship with food and, and or how it's out of alignment with who you want to be in this world. So um, if that was something that you're interested in, then by all means, please write me at daniel at evolutioneat.com and just say gratitude podcast in the in the in the subject line or or something that would distinguish who you are and I or my assistant will um will will flag those sort of emails down I really want to make myself available to anybody who sees something for themselves and what uh, or hears something for themselves in the conversation that we're having today
0: awesome thank you so much for being here with us and for sharing so many great tips about Our nutrition, on being healthy, and on being happy and grateful ultimately.
1: Awesome. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, and I appreciate being here.
0: But before we go, I want to tell you why I chose Mosaic Weighted Blankets as a sponsor. Living a happy life has a lot to do with being well rested. And Laura, the CEO of Mosaic Weighted Blankets, has solutions for each age group and the best reviews out there. Just check them out. You can find them at bit.ly slash or you can click on the link in the description. Again, thank you so much for choosing to spend this time with me and I really hope it was time you enjoyed spending. Best wishes and don't forget to keep seeking gratitude.